everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Um, I am your host, Lou Lombardi. Some people call me Ludini. I will neither confirm or deny. Uh, you can find us on the web at ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Uh, there's a new uh, interview uh, every Tuesday and every Thursday, and every Saturday is a new music podcast. So you guys definitely want to check it out, see what we have going on. We are playing a lot of artists that corporate radio and <clears throat> corporate uh, television is just not uh, giving you guys. And speaking of uh, really awesome artists, I have a Steve March Torme uh, on the line with us today. Uh, Steve is the uh, son of the legendary uh, Mel Torme. So this is really going to be an interesting podcast. Um, I've been, uh, you know, I know I have some fans out there that are, have said, you know, can, you know, what about jazz? You know, can we do some jazz? And so we did Larry Coriel, and now we've got uh, Steve on here. So this is going to be, this is going to be fun. We're looking forward to talking to you. Steve's had a very, uh, very cool life, done a lot of cool stuff. So be a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, this is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. I would love to thank my sponsor, Positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine. Mm-hmm. That is pplmag.com, uh, Pittsburgh's first internet radio, TV network, and online community magazine. Uh, you can listen to, watch, download, and get emails with the audio and video that are created by the members of the community. It's a great place to get coupons, read our articles, <clears throat> and find businesses. Uh, tons of topics there. You know, it's everything from on how to publish your own book to uh, – there's a cardiologist on there that, that with some like great tips and stuff like that. Just a really wide uh, variety of things that you can uh, learn there. Uh, if you have some uh, wares to peddle, it's a great place to be seen and heard by about one million unique visitors every month. You can start your own magazine page and upload your own uh, audio and video just like we do. So you want to check that check that out. That is pplmag.com, Positively Pittsburgh <clears throat> Live. All right, speaking of live, we have got Steve March Torme on the line. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing fine, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, um, good. I was listening to your, your intro there. You were talking about um, that they go online, you can find out how to publish a book, and then you said uh, there's a cardiologist. I thought you can, so you can learn how to do heart surgery. <laughs> what kinds of stuff you can learn from this Yeah, show? you Amazing. can learn heart surgery online these days, Steve. It's, it's yeah, in, in two like, weeks. Yeah, you got to really study, but no more than two weeks, and you can open a heart. Well, what the heck? Hey, you know what? I mean, you know, this is this is the beauty of the internet. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So you you calling in from what Southern California? Well, uh, it would sound like that because of the phone the phone number. I kept my my Santa Monica cell phone, but I have lived in Appleton, Wisconsin, now for ten years. So I'm in the middle of the country. Mm. Yeah, that is met with shocked silence. <laughs> like, what? Uh, well, not, not that's there? right, because John told me, that's right, I should know that, because he mm-hmm. told me that, that, that Appleton, uh, John Lappin is uh, Steve's publicist, and I've known John for a long time. But John lives, that's his hometown, right, Appleton? Yeah, you know, it was very interesting. Uh, this came about because I also do what you do. I host 
uh, I host two different radio shows, and one's on five days a week, the other's on two days a week, and John called me to interview one of his artists, and he didn't know who I was, and understandably, and we just started talking, and <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, call him out here, but he won't mind. <laughs> and we were talking about for about two seconds, and he said, well, here's, here's what I want you to do. I got this artist, and do you know who he is? I said, well, I think, I think I've heard of him. Yeah, he goes, well, I want you to interview him. I said, okay. I said, by the way, can I have like a second of your time, John? He goes, well, you know, I'm kind of busy right now. I'm in the middle. I said, just give me 30 seconds. He said, okay. So I said, look, my name is Steve March Torme. You don't know me, but I'm Mel's son, and I'm also an entertainer. And he goes, oh, I didn't know. Whoa. And we started talking, and he says, well, where are you? I said, well, I'm in Appleton. He goes, no way. He says, I'm from Appleton. And from that, John has become my publicist. And he's coming out here for – he was thinking about whether he was going to go to his high school reunion or not. He was kind of, he was going to blow it off. And then he said, so you live in Appleton? I said, yeah. He says, I think I'm going to go to that high school reunion. So John and I are going to meet up next week or actually in September. So it was just amazing coincidence that he happens to be from this area. <laughs> it's a small cool. room. I hear the little voice. Oh, singing. it is. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. Um, so, um, Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about, like, I mean, you're a, you're a singer, you're a songwriter, uh, the music mm-hmm. that you that you're doing now is you know very uh, reminiscent of your dad's music, but you 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 you're, you have a wide variety of interests. I mean, in fact, you worked on a, a TV show uh, on MTV for a while, didn't you? Interviewing <laughs> rock artists, correct? Well, when I yeah, when I was living in Los Angeles, uh, we were actually the alternative to MTV. Right when MTV started, uh, I was in a show called Video Twenty Two, and you okay. didn't need cable to get it. And that's why, you know, before everybody had cable. So, yeah, I was interviewing uh, gosh, everybody, uh, Katrina and the Waves and uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, tons of people, Nick Kershaw. And it was kind of fun uh, because I do the same thing they do, but, um, you know, to, to meet people and have them come in and, and be able to talk to them as musicians instead of just a TV show host or a radio host was, you know, a great advantage for me. And that's part of what I do when I do my radio shows it's great to be able to talk to musicians and talk their language instead of just asking the rote questions of, oh, so you got a new album out. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I will ask them, or look, I, we all go out on the road and you're out for a while. How do you take care of your voice? What do you do when you're, it's a Thursday night and your pipes aren't there? What do you do to take care of it? Because, you know, you get past the age of about 22. You can't stay out all night and just, you know, do anything you want. You got to really take care of yourself. And I talk to them about what kind of guitars they play and why do they pick a certain guitar. So it's nice to actually, I know I perk their ears up like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. So that was part of the training to be able to do that TV show. You mentioned, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that I, I do a lot of the music, <clears throat> somewhat that's in the genre that my dad did. And it's so interesting for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I've been doing what we would call, I guess, pop jazz or jazz pop. I mean, I do a lot of writing, but a lot of it is in the, the, the genre of the great American songbook, just with original arrangements, uh, with maybe a little bit of a different twist to it. But what I decided to do, and I'm just glad you asked, is I'm going to do a show um, in Green Bay. They've got this beautiful theater called the Meyer Theater. And one of the things that inspired it was, for those of your listeners who were fans of Mel Torme's, besides his musicianship, one of the things that was interesting about his concerts was that he was very old school about... Uh, can you hear that beeping, by the way? No, I don't hear no? any beeping. Oh, no. good. <laughs> it's my wife <laughs> trying to get through. Oh, she's got to wait. 
Um, one of the things that was interesting about his concerts was he always gave credit to the writers. And it was neat to hear him give a story like, oh, here's a tune that was written by Johnny Mercer in 1944. And the interesting thing is it was written for Buddy Greco, but Buddy was in the hospital, so they gave it to Bing Crosby. And by the time he sings the song, at least the audience has something interesting to know about this tune besides Mel's just going to sing it. So I'm doing almost a one-man show after working with a quartet all these years and working with symphonies and working with big bands. I'm going to do kind of a stripped-down acoustic show in March that is all the songs that I was brought up on because, you know, I wasn't brought up on Count Basie and, and you know, Stan Kenton. I was brought up on Joni Mitchell and um, James Taylor and J.D. Souther and Todd Rundgren and the Beatles and all those people. So I get a chance to do the same thing and, and do these songs on guitar and piano, which I rarely play when I do my jazz concerts because I've been playing those instruments for a long time. And I'll get a chance to tell the same kind of stories. Uh, you know, this is why Joni Mitchell wrote this song. Uh, when I was 17, James Taylor picked me up. I was hitchhiking in California. So I'm really looking forward to this. I hated, you know, I'm sorry to take you off on such a different tangent, but I'm just excited about the fact I get to branch out and do this. Uh, tangents are great. We love tangents. You wouldn't believe some of the tangents that we've gone down with different artists we've had on here. So it's a lot of fun. It's totally fine. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. So what, so... <clears throat> So but you grew up on, like, the, the music that was on the radio at the time. So what were we talking, like, late 60s, early 70s type? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, uh, so how did you get, I mean, obviously your dad's Mel Torme, so, I mean, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to become a musician. Um, no, how, absolutely not. What, what, what really bit you? What really said, like, man, like, yeah, I, I have the bug. I want to do it. Well, when I, from the time I was 10 years old to about, uh, 10 to 15, I really, or maybe even younger, 9 to 15, I really wanted to be a uh, Major League Baseball player. Um, I, my stepfather, Hal March, and again, for your listeners um, that, do, that don't know, Hal March was the host of the $64,000 question show <clears throat> and was a pretty big celebrity uh, in this country and, you know, being a, a TV host. And he was grooming me uh, by my own choice to be a Major League ba- Baseball player. And after I was, you know, practicing, I go down into our basement in New York and I was listening to, you know, the songs of the day on the radio and singing along and realizing, yeah, I, I kind of like this. I think I'm in tune. This, this is kind of fun to do. So it wasn't my real father's influence because I, I didn't live with my real dad past the age of two and a half. My folks got divorced. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting doing interviews and whether they are print or radio and people saying, geez, all the the influence you must have had being around your dad. I said, no, I I wasn't. Uh, I was around Hal March and his friends who were all the Borscht Belt comedians. And so the the running joke is, you know, I met Buddy Rich and I spent a little bit of time with him, not much. I spent a lot of time around Buddy Hackett. So (laughs) the, the, the people that were at our dinner parties every weekend were Buddy Hackett and Jan Murray and Milton Berle and Lucille Ball. This is what I grew up with. So I was listening on the radio, and I think like a billion other kids, what really cinched it was the Beatles. Um, You know, to be able to hear music that was so much different from everybody else's and so much more musical and so much more inventive uh, and literally changing, you know, hairstyles and clothing styles and social mores, uh, that's really what started it. And only again in the last, I don't know, the last 15 years, I realized, you know, I really do have kind of a bent for jazz and I do know how to scat and I, I, I do have a natural feel for this. 
So I never, you know, intended to, I'm going to go in my father's footsteps. It was never that. I just happened to like a lot of the same music. And fortunately, I can sing a, a wide range of music. So I, I do enjoy doing the Great American Songbook. And as long as it's, you know, i got an original arrangement to it. And I do enjoy singing pop music. And I do enjoy doing symphonies. So I was locked in. Oh, by the way, after I got, after I got hit, with a couple of, you know, mid-80, uh, 88, 89-mile-per-hour fastballs at 17, I said, you know, maybe maybe the music won't be quite as dangerous. And that's what happened there. It, it, yep. Or it can be more dangerous. It just depends on – because at that time, you know, the 70s, um, there, was a, there was a big, uh, you know, party era, you know, and there was a lot of people getting oh, yeah. themselves into – I mean, now did, you, now, did, now, did you have a, you know, get in with that, or, were you, or did, you, did you keep your nose clean pretty much? Well, figuratively and literally, literally I did, and that was because of my stepfather. Well, okay. you're the one that said it. <laughs> um, Hal March was a, a disciplinarian, and he was not going to put up with any nonsense. And okay. I, I, ran, I ran with some friends of mine who I really you know, liked a lot and, and had a lot of fun with, Desi Arnaz Jr. and uh, Ricky Martin, who was Dean Paul Martin's uh, little brother. He was Dean Martin's youngest son, who unfortunately we lost about two weeks ago. Um, and Dean, and I went to school with uh, Carrie Fisher. Um, a lot of people that, that went into the business, I was around and was friends with, but uh, I didn't get away with any nonsense. I mean, if, if I didn't do my homework, if my grades weren't kept up, my dad grounded me. There was no oh, he's just a kid, it's okay, let him take the Ferrari. There was none of that. Um, and I'm thankful for it because I did, for the most part, stay out of trouble. I was, uh, I was almost, maybe not squeaky clean, but I, I, I'm thankful <laughs> to my dad for at least showing me the right path. Um, so, so at some point, though, you do, recon- you do sort of like uh, reconnect with Mel Torme, with your yes, I did. father. And tell us a little bit about what that reunion was. I mean, had you, I mean, were you as a child, were you pretty much estranged from him or did you still see him or, or what was that like? Well, a little of both. I mean, I lived out in Westchester County, New York, um, from two to 12 and Mel was living in California this whole time. And then the, the Hal March family, we moved out to California. So I got to see my real father more often, but the truth is we were pretty estranged and it wasn't because we didn't want to be with each other. He was on the road a lot. You know, he was yeah. really gone a lot. And I really had a, now a kind of a separate family life. And we got together on Christmas and we got together on Thanksgiving and on different occasions. And we didn't really reconnect and start spending more time with each other until about the last 10 to 15 years of his life. And part of it was musically, I asked him to do a duet with me on, a, on an album I did, and he did, which was great. We got to sing it live together. Oh, wow. Uh, and, oh, it was great. We did uh, Straighten Up and Fly Right together in two takes, and we kept it, and it, it's a really cool recording. Um, but also because he needed some help with his father. His, uh, his father was going into his 90s, uh, my grandfather, and since Mel was on the road so much, um, my grandfather was calling him at all different hours, asking him to help him with stuff, not even realizing that dad was out of town. And mm-hmm. so my dad called me and said, look, I need, I, I never asked you for anything. I said, no, you don't. He said, you've got to help me with grandpa. Will you go please visit him once a week, take him out to lunch, make sure his groceries are done. So I did that. And he was really gracious in his appreciation. He was really nice to me about it. I said, look, I, I want to thank you for, holding up your end of the bargain here and taking care of grandpa. And that really kind of 
helped get us to be a little bit closer. Um, it, it was a funny relationship. You know, he's a, he was a very bright guy. He was very um, well-read. And we have a lot of the same interests. I mean, my dad and I <clears throat> were basically, you know, 10-year-olds in adult bodies. Uh, we both like trains. We like fast cars. We like um, airplanes. Uh, the only difference was I was really heavily into sports and he wasn't. But, you know, that, that seems to be DNA because we didn't sit around and talk about this stuff. We didn't talk about, you know, race cars. We just both liked them. So, yeah. you know, as you get older and you start to see some of these similarities, like, gee, I, I guess I am more like my dad than I thought I was. So it was yeah. you know, pretty cool. I mean, a nice, a nice connection for us. We could, we could talk about movies and we could talk about race cars. And I, you know, he realized, gee, Stephen actually knows a little something about this. <laughs> so I wish we had, I, to tell you the truth, I wish we had spent more time together. Um, but I'm glad we had the time we did. You know, same thing with my stepdad. I lost Hal when I was 17 years old. I'm glad I had him that long. I'm yeah. thankful that I had him that long. Yep. Yeah. Um, so um, you you got into songwriting and you started doing your your own. Now, when did you start putting out start putting out records and 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 and, and doing all that on your own? Well, I um, oh boy, it's such a long sordid story. Um, <laughs> Well, version. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and keep it as clean as possible. There was <laughs> I signed my first deal with United Artists Records, uh, which was run by a guy named Artie Mogul, uh, mm-hmm. who I guess kind of found Dylan and a, quite a few other people. He was a big A and R guy, and at that time, um, like it is now, you it was almost impossible to get a record deal if you didn't write. They weren't really signing cover bands. I mean, okay. it was the era of the songwriters: uh, Andrew Gold, uh, Jackson Brown. Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, you know, all the people, James Taylor, people that write in their own material. And I realized, you know, you, you know, you like to, but you have to anyway. You're going to have to, you know, come in with your own stuff. So I was writing in a style that was kind of similar to what I do today. It was kind of a jazz pop, almost big band, um, kind of experimental, but I, I've always liked melodies. I mean, I love harmonies. I love, you know, uh, acapella singing with other singers. So I started writing in that vein. And then in the last, again, 10, 15 years with the albums that I've done, um, kind of the four or five albums I put out in the last 10, 15 years, there's lots of writing that really is kind of, I would call it jazz pop. I mean, it's not really Chicago. It's not really blood, sweat and tears. It's more my jazz version of, of pop. And then the last mm-hmm. album I did, I finally decided to go back to kind of my roots that I did at United Artists and really write the stuff that I like, which is a little bit more pop oriented, a little more R&B oriented. And I've continued to do so. Um, I don't collaborate that much. I mostly write on my own, but I do have a, a, an MD, a musical director, pianist that I use all the time in, in California named Steve Rollins. And he and I have written a bunch of songs that, that people have heard on the albums I've done recently. And he's, a, he's a terrific musician, so it makes it very easy for me. Well, we're going to go um, ahead and, and uh, play uh, a different time. Now, is this, this is one of your songs? This is an original? Yeah, this is one of my songs. This is off my most recent CD. And this was the very first song I wrote for the new CD. And it was inspired by uh, making this move out to Wisconsin uh, with my wife after, you know, living in New York and Los Angeles. Was, uh, one day I was at this little park in this teeny little town we were living in and kind of reminiscing in my head, like, how did I end up here? How did this happen? that a, a guy from Manhattan in Beverly Hills is living in Berlin, Wisconsin, population, <laughs> you know, six. Um, and my, my kids were in the park with me and a real, real warm July day, very quiet. And I started thinking about 
the fact that we were there and that I hope they felt as secure and as comfortable, mostly secure, that they felt safe the way I did as a kid. I hmm. never had to worry about, you know, things are kind of scary here and what's going to happen. My, my mother and father were terrific parents. And I always felt that way. And I said, I, I hope my kids do too. And I started writing about, you know, there are parallels between my childhood and, and the one they're having now, but it was a different time. When I grew yeah. up, it was a little different time. And that was where the title came from. So this is a song of mine called A Different Time. All right, guys, so listen to this. This is a beautiful track, A Different Time uh, by Steve March Torme on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Um, that is a gorgeous tune, uh, Steve. Oh, thanks. And, um, and now, do you, now who's, who's playing on that with you? Well, that's that me. I'm playing, I'm playing piano on it, and okay. I'm playing the string patch on it. Um, okay. Most of the stuff that – everything on that album, I ended up playing um, – either guitar or piano on because I didn't for so long. I started out like a billion other kids in rock and roll bands and I was playing the Stones and the Beatles and, and the Animals and all that stuff. And then when I became a jazz singer, I really preferred just being out in front with a microphone and entertaining uh, and let everybody else play. And in the last three years, I really reconnected again and really started playing a lot of guitar and a lot of piano. And that's what I'll be doing in that show I was mentioning to you. Uh, that I'll be doing in Green Bay. I'm, I get to sit down because a lot of people here have only seen me do a jazz show or they know my radio show. Uh, a lot yeah. of people know me here from hosting. They're going to get a chance to say, gee, I know he could play guitar and didn't know he could, he could actually handle the piano. He's not a, a hack. So uh, <laughs> it's been nice to reconnect. Well, you worry about that. I, you know, yeah. I, I'm kind of like my dad. I over rehearse. Uh, the last thing I want is to be on stage and, and be embarrassed or have people think, you know, gee, what made him think he could do that? So, I, uh, <laughs> you know, the fear of failure is a great motivator. <laughs> well, the, uh, the, there's some great, I wanted to tell the audience out there, uh, there's some great video of Steve performing, and uh, he can do anything. He, I mean, everything he does sounds like completely, totally pro. So, you guys, don't have to worry about that. It's okay. absolutely killer. Um, just you have great stage presence, and uh, and, well, I, and you do, you you do talk about the song, just a sort of like, um, you know, uh, sort of, uh, what's the word, like a, uh, a sort of like a dialogue kind of with the audience. You really kind of feel kind mm-hmm. of intimate. And that repartee? Is, uh, yeah, repartee. That's the, yeah, you know, yeah, the fancy yeah. word. I, I haven't reached your level <laughs> on, in radio yet, so I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't know all those fancy words. Um, uh, I'm, so I'm, very, you... I'm very fluent. In... Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, why don't we go ahead and talk, talk about or, or tell everybody what's, what you have going on right now. Tell okay. us about your radio shows. Tell us about where, mm-hmm. if you're touring, what's, what's happening. Absolutely. Um, what's, what's coming up in the next, um, oh gosh, I guess the next six months at least, and hopefully, you know, on and on. I've been lucky enough to connect with some very good agents now, and, and they're putting me out there. I, I've got a, a symphony show coming up, <clears throat> excuse me, in December, which is going to be here in Wisconsin and Appleton. We've got a beautiful performance arts center called the Fox Cities Performing Arts Center. And it's legit. I mean, it's, you know, when, when Harry Connick comes into town, this is where he plays. When Tony Bennett oh. comes into town. So we are going to do, the, we've got a very good uh, orchestra, the Fox Valley Symphony Orchestra, and they're going to play the first half of this holiday show doing, you know, holiday classics. And I will be the, the guest artist for the second half and get a chance to do the arrangements of all these great tunes and obviously including Dad's um, The Christmas Song. And I'm going to drag my daughter up on stage. My 12-year-old is a really good singer. Uh, and if she weren't, I wouldn't put her up on stage. I mean, this is not one of those, 
you know, hovering you know, show business dads. I couldn't care less. She's really good, and she likes it. So I'm going to have her come up and, and sing background with a couple of other friends of mine in this area. So that's one of the things we're doing. Uh, the show in Green Bay, which is coming up in March, again, will be kind of a one-man show doing these, you know, Todd Rundgren and Hall and & Oates and James Taylor and all that. Uh, I'm going down to Florida to do a number of shows. I'm going out on a cruise in September. Um, I didn't think I'd ever be on a cruise ship, but uh, it's actually kind of fun. You know, if you get a chance to do <clears throat> some of the music you want and the musicians are good enough, you know, why not? There are places I've not been to. Uh, so I did, a, I did two cruises last year. I'm going to go out on another one in September that will go from New York up into Canada and Halifax and Nova Scotia and that area. Um, I did one that was transatlantic. That's the last time that'll happen. That was, that was, that was plenty for me one time because when that boat gets rocking, there's nowhere to port. Nope. Uh, it's just thousands of miles of ocean and nah, no thanks. So we too long, too, too far away from shore for too long. huh? Absolutely. And even though we didn't have any really horrible days where it was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm dying. It's still, it's, it's unnerving. You know, and yeah. that big a vessel is still rocking like that. So uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> stick to ones that actually going to shore. Um, I'm also going to um, Vegas. I've been lucky enough to have been asked to go back to the, um, the Smith Center, which is a beautiful, uh, beautiful facility there, beautiful theater. I'm going to play there in April. I'm also going to the McCallum Theater, which is kind of the jewel of the Palm, De- of the Palm Desert area. And again, you know, when, when the big acts come in there, they play there. Unfortunately for me, the guy that runs it is going to have me do a show called Torme Sings Torme, which is literally a tribute show to Dad, which we do with a 10-piece orchestra because he and Marty Page, the great arranger, uh, specifically wrote arrangements for 10 pieces uh, that only really work on those voicings, and they're, they're great arrangements. And I think people, it's nice to every once in a while do a show that really is a tribute to dad. So we're going to do that um, in March. And also, I think your listeners will find this interesting. I got a call. I hope they will. If we hear snoring, <laughs> I'm wrong. Um, I got a call a year and a half ago from an agent saying, there's somebody wants you to do a show in Las Vegas called The Next Generation. I said, okay. They said, well, you'd be one of four people. I said, well, gee, it's not too hard to figure out what the theme of this is. So who else is in it? They said, well, it's um, Lorna Luft. And I knew who Lorna was because she's Liza's sister and, and Judy Garland's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, Lena Prima, who is Louie's daughter. Okay. Uh, and, and Ricky Martin, who is Dean's youngest. So they wanted, you know, this second generation performers to do this show. And we did the show and it was, it was a lot of fun. And I knew a lot of the guys in the bands. So they were good um, guys from Vegas. And I figured it was a one-time shot. Well, I got a call three weeks ago from the lady that produced it. And she wants to do it again. And she said, um, for different reasons, uh, you're the only person I'm inviting back. So I want to get three other uh, second-generation performers. I have a list of people. And it looks like she's pared it down to um, myself, um, Rhonda Ross, who is Diana Ross's daughter, who's yeah, the biggest I, met, I heard her I sing. met Rhonda. She's, she's, an amazing, she's an amazing woman. Yeah. She looks like she's really good. I only saw a video, but she looks like mom. And she looks yeah. like she's a good entertainer. And she can sing all great stuff. Uh, Monica Mancini, who is Henry's daughter, who I've heard okay. in L.A., really nice singer. And I don't know who the fourth one's going to be. It'll probably be a guy just so we can even things out, but I'm sure she'll find somebody. So I'm going to go back, and we're going to do the Tropicana probably in November. And, you know, it'll be a very audience-friendly show. And I'm sure I'll have a lot of fun doing it and try and bring out some new stuff. 
But, you know, currently, like I said, I'm just jazzed about the fact that I'm bringing all these musicians in, in our area. And we've got some great players here. I mean, you, you would never think in Appleton, Wisconsin, but we really do. We have Lawrence University, which is a great jazz school. Yeah. So we've got some really good players. And they're, they're excited about doing this pop show with me with, you know, all these tunes from, like I said, people like, you know, Kenny Loggins and James Taylor. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. So that's the, the um, stuff I'm doing. And the, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to ask you a question about it, but go ahead. Well, I was just saying, and the radio show is fun. You know, I, they kind of give me, you know, full reign on this. I basically talk in between songs and set them up and give people backgrounds on the artists and where they're playing, where they're from, blah, 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 blah. I try and keep it humorous if I can. That's it. How, can we, how, can we hear the ra- how can people hear the radio show? Oh, well, thank you. Um, <clears throat> the one that I do here is, uh, can be streamed at avenueradio.com. The station here is 91.1 The Avenue in Wisconsin, but it streams all over the world. So they go to avenueradio.com. I'm on from 3 to 7, uh, Monday through Friday in the Midwest. And the other show I do is for the Music of Your Life Network, which you might be, uh, you probably are aware of. It's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I do Wednesdays and Thursdays. And that skews to an older audience. That's more of the um, Doris Day, um, Vic Damone crowd, but still some very good music and some good songs. And I get to play some of my dad's stuff. And so it's enjoyable. You know, two different, um, two different shows for sure. Um, the, the, the show you're doing with the, um, we're going to kind of go back and revisit your roots. Um, it, will that be recorded? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to spring to have that done. Um, now of course I can't sell it because the licensing rights alone would cost a fortune to try right. to, you know, get clearance on all those songs. But <clears throat> I have a friend here, excuse me, who's a very good, uh, video photographer and I, I am probably going to. Uh, bite the bullet and pay him to to videotape this because again my daughter's going to be in it also. Yeah. My daughter and her two friends are going to they're going to sing background on Joni Mitchell's Big Yellow Taxi, and I'm going to have them completely ham it up and and do the backgrounds on Hit the Road Jack by um, Ray Charles. Great. So it'll be a lot of fun for to see the three of them wiggling their finger at me, going Hit the Road Jack, don't <laughs> come back no more, no more, no more, no. And I'll be able to play with them, and the audience will love this. It so, sounds great. You know, shame on me if I don't get this on video. Yeah, yeah, at least for posterity. So before we go, get out of here, Steve, on all your travels and, the, and all the things you've done and in all places you've been, all the experiences you've had, what are you most grateful for at this at this point in your life? Um, well, it's just so corny, but it, it really is true, and she's not in the room, so it doesn't matter. Um, I'm really grateful that I met my wife, that I'm with, uh, the wife I am with, uh, who is going to unfortunately be stuck with me, you know, from now on, uh, because she's, <laughs> on. well, she's just, well, she's really supportive. And, you know, there are, there are women that, 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 you know, marry guys that are in show business that can eventually get resentful because you're not at home all the time and yeah. you're spending a lot of time doing music and you're spending time glad handing and doing you know things away from the family. But she's extremely supportive and she's funny, which is huge. You know, she makes me laugh. Uh, so I'm I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I'm thankful that my kids are healthy. Uh, again, a cliche, but you know, all you need to do is just turn on the radio or the TV any hour of any day, and you see something horrible, and go, oh boy, am I just lucky yeah. that yeah. we're not in that situation? And I, I am grateful for the uh, the parents I had because they were terrific, and I'm grateful for the friends I have. I've got more friends than I will ever be able to spend time with. 
and I'm thankful as heck that I have them. So, uh, you know, knock on wood, I'm I'm a lucky guy. You got a great life. Congratulations, man. Um, I appreciate that. Sure. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for being with us today. If you hang online, I need to just do a couple little wee things with you before we, uh, after we wrap up. You got a second to hang out? Sound, yeah, no problem. I appreciate all it. All right, all right. Uh, hey, uh, Steve March uh, Torme, everybody. You can go to stevemarchtorme.com, and everything is there. You can, like, all the links to all the music and the videos and everything. Um, this is a really fun interview. I was, there's a gazillion other questions I wanted to ask him, but maybe we can do another interview at some time. I, I want to know what those uh, those uh, times were like with Lucille Ball and Buddy Hackett and all those guys hanging around your house. That, that had to just... Oh, that, I got pl- plenty, of <laughs> plenty, plenty of stories. Plenty of stories. Maybe we'll have to do another one, Steve. So anyways, I would love guys, to. I would love to. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.com. Uh, you can check out everything that we have going on there. One more shout-out to my sponsor, Positively. Pittsburgh Live Magazine, that is pplmag.com. Go there and do everything that they have because they're wonderful people to help us put this on. And thanks to Steve March Torme. One more time, that is Steve's website. is stevemarchtorme.com. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next podcast. Uh, hey, Steve, I just wanted to give yeah. you my email so you could send me that MP3. All right, hang on for half a sec. Sure. Uh, hang on. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. It is L L uh-huh. Strange L L Strangelove, like Doctor Strangelove. So it's L L right. Strangelove at gmail dot com. Got it. Okay, it's the same place I'm at. Good. Yeah. You know, it only took me about a hundred years to get away from AOL. Uh, <laughs> You're busy, man. You've right. been making music. Hey, I want to say no, something really funny. No. I, I want to say something really funny. Bob, I found a picture of you. Um, no oh, I was like doing some research. <laughs> it's sick, dude. Like, I wish I had this hair. I mean, you have this. It's from the seventies. Let me find it. Um, and it's on um, uh, historyforsale dot com, and it says for Tom, your friend Steve March, and you've got. I mean, you've got like you're like Joe Sexy from like seventies, thick feathered hair and the whole deal, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I got lucky. Um, you know, you know the deal. You know, once you get out of high school, you run into guys that you know you were in high school with three years ago, and they're bald. It's like, what happened? Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's it's DNA. It's a roll of the dice. You either get lucky, or you don't. And fortunately, I can still grow my hair like that. You know, and I'm not 25 anymore. So I, I it's I guess my mom it must be. Uh, though you know, Mel didn't have real thick hair, but you know, he never wore a, a piece or anything. He just had kind of thinning hair. But yeah. I got lucky. I got a nice full head of hair. Every time I go to the barber, I'm thankful that uh, we can look at stuff there. So yeah, you, you're right. right. Yeah, I've got that that Farrah Fawcett look. That's the one you. Yes, dude, it's slamming. I was like, holy cow, that's that's Steve. <laughs> that's great. All right, man. Oh, well, cool. Just just send me that track, and we'll insert it, and then I'll let you know when everything's up and running. Okay. All right, I will send you that, and just for the hell of it, I will send you um, the track to straighten up and fly right with Dad. Okay. Then you'll have it if you want, you know, play whatever. Okay. Hey, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. No problem, Steve. You have a great rest of the day, buddy. You do the same. Talk to you later. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.